Well, if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 25 today. And uh, I just want to kind of give you a little bit of the background uh, behind today's message. You know, we just kind of uh, finished up a series called Words Matter. And in this series about Words Matter, we begin to, to learn this practice of getting into the prayer closet and saying, God, I only want to say what you're saying. Father, tell me what you're saying. Show me what you're doing. And he taught us how words become works of the Father. If you weren't here for that, please go to Calvary.online, listen to those messages, and allow the Lord to begin to transform the way that you use your tongue and your words for his glory. If you've ever wanted to operate in signs and wonders and miracles, the keys to that are in that series. But there were two specific miracles that I mentioned in this series, uh, the first one being uh, blind Bartimaeus' healing, which I shared about uh, on our first Wednesday service, which was incredible, and that's also online. But there was another miracle that I mentioned in the series that we're going to look at today. And it's traditionally called this, the woman with the issue of blood. Today I want to share with you a message titled, Transforming Touch. Transforming Touch. Now, when I was preparing for this week, I just went to the Lord and did what um, I've been telling you to do, which is to simply say, thank you, thank you, thank you. May the Lord multiply that back to you in 24 packs or 32, whatever they come in. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what, what are you saying? And this is what he uttered to me, transforming touch. So the Lord gave me the title before he gave me the message. I was like, okay, thank you for the title. What do you want to say? He said, just think about it. I said, okay. And I just began to think about transforming touch. The many times that Jesus touched the various people all through the scriptures. He's touching a blind man, the blind man sees. He's touching, uh, he, he touches his disciples and they go from fishermen to fishers of men. He, the, the, the powerful touch that Jesus had an impact upon this world can't even be measured because he created the world. And then the Lord said, yeah, none of those are the message. And he led me here to Mark chapter 5. And this message of transforming touch comes through a, a, the life of a broken woman. A woman who had suffered for a long time. And we're going to look at this story. And we're going to learn as a body and as a people of how to receive a transforming touch from God. Let's look together. Mark chapter 5 verse 25. We'll begin there. It says this. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better. But rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, some of you have uh, maybe versions that say the hem 
of his garment. I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed from the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, You see the multitudes thronging you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, this is a powerful, powerful story. Um, I, I, I just believe in my heart, though, that Mark chapter 5 is probably a more powerful story for women. We got one witness. <laughs> and men kind of read Mark 5 and they're like, huh, how about that? And women read Mark 5 and they're like, no, my heart breaks for this woman. She was going through that for 12 years. And maybe some of you men recognize, you know, the woman from this story that shows up in your house once a month. And some of you are, have been far along enough in life that that woman actually moved out of your house. Ladies, if you know what I'm talking about. She leaves in a flash, usually a hot one. I didn't know coming into this message that it was, this would be a message about menopause. But, um, and it's actually not. Um, I, I just bring that up because I think women have a real heart for this passage. But in some ways, men, today, you need to learn a little bit more about this woman. We as a church need to learn a little bit more about this woman. Uh, I would say men uh, of the church, you need to get a little more comfortable with the idea of, of you connecting to this woman because after all, you are called the bride of Christ. I heard a very funny preacher say one time, man, we need to learn how to put our wedding dress on as men. I'm not saying something controversial or unbiblical, by the way. I'm not suggesting anything bizarre, okay? I'm not suggesting that. We're not that kind of church. You know, so we're, we're people who genuinely follow God. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to be able to find yourself in God's word and find that it could be today, men or women, that you're a lot like this woman and in need 
of a transforming touch. Well, let's look a little closer at this passage, and, and we're going to just understand and maybe highlight some of the things that she was going through, because I, I want you to see it for what it is, and perhaps the Holy Spirit will show you some similarities to where you are today. First thing you need to know about this woman is that her condition was continual. It says in verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians and she had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. I want you to think about this. She was bleeding for 12 years. Let me break that down for you. That's 4,383 straight days of bleeding. 624 weeks, 144 months, 105,192 hours of bleeding. Young people, let me explain that to you. Elementary school, middle school, all of high school, she's getting her diploma and bleeding. Over and over and over, 12 years of physical pain. I want you to imagine with me, if you would, what it must have been like for her. To have this issue on the inside that is draining her of life. Scripture says the life is in the blood. And we just know medically she's, she's going to be low in iron. And she's, she's going to be weighed down. And even lifting her arms would be work. Taking the next step would be work. She is suffering in pain. Day after day after day to where just normal life is a chore. And she's suffering continually. But I want you to understand that she's not only suffering physically, but she's suffering emotionally. Why? She was unclean. I know that may not mean much to those in the room today, but to her as a Jew, it meant this. You can't worship with anybody else. You can't go into the synagogue. You can't go into the temple. You, you cannot connect with other brothers and sisters. And, and by the way, just, a, you know, not long ago, I was in Israel and I, and I found out this, that every time the Jews begin to celebrate and sing the Psalms of Ascent and begin to go up to the mountain of the Lord in Jerusalem, they think to themselves, I never want to do this alone, but I always want to do it with brothers and sisters. That's why you, you hear the Psalms that say, I was glad when they said unto me. Why? Because I was getting included in a company of people that was going to lift praise to God. And there's nothing like being with other people to praise God. And yet this woman suffering kept her from that fellowship. Kept her on the outside of that relationship, let me also suggest to you that she could not 
be a mother or a wife, run a household in that community. She was suffering. Matter of fact, everything about her condition led her to a place of isolation and hiddenness. And here's what I know. There are people who walk into church every single week around America and even in this great place. And we have the smiles and we know the jargon and people say, hi, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm great. But all along, underneath the smiles and the laughter and the I'm just doing fine is this huge amount of hurt and and things that are draining the life from you. And it's not just something that is inside of you. It's even the, the culture that's around you and it's pressing in on you. And you're like, oh, it seems like even such a chore. You're like, oh, okay, I'll go to church, you know, once a month. I can, I can kind of ah, put on a good face. Her condition was continual. And what I want to say is, is mankind was in this state before Christ. We're in this continual state of brokenness because of sin. The greatest cancer, the greatest scourge of humanity that we've ever experienced is sin. Why? Because sin produces death. We were meant to be in perpetual communion with God, but sin separated us from God. And here we are as humanity bleeding out. And I don't know if you've noticed this church. But when you step into sin, it always leads to isolation and hiddenness. It always leads you to a place where I'm just going to hide. And I believe today, if that's you here, today's the day of your transforming touch. We're going to learn something about this woman and we're going to follow in her footsteps because the footprints lead to Jesus. So we know that her condition was continual, but this this is amazing. Her pursuit was intentional. Her pursuit was intentional. It says in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Why don't you notice what she first says? It said, when she heard. That's the first thing she did. She heard. She must have heard stories about the miracle working rabbi. While she was still under the weight of what was going on on the inside and the pressure of what was happening on the outside, she was hearing stories. Matter of fact, this story happens on the the Sea of Galilee and the the region of Gadarenes and it's, it's near Capernaum. It's also near Tiberias and this, this amazing area. All of a sudden, the stories were getting out that there was a great storm on Galilee, but there is one that even nature obeys. And he speaks the words, peace, be still. And the storm is silenced. And she's like, really? 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 Is it true? 
Yeah, yeah, no matter, no, no, you know, the lake right there, the one you've lived by, the one that you've limped by, that lake, that lake, he actually walked on it. He walked on it in the midst of a storm. And not only did he walk on it, but he shows up and he invited one of the fishermen to walk on it with them. She's like, really? Really? And he's here. And something happened when she heard because Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God because faith comes she starts hearing about the miracles of the word of God don't you ever forget that Jesus is the word of God because in the word was the beginning it was in the word the beginning with God and he was God and that word was manifested and made flesh and dwelt among us he is the word of God created all things so she starts getting a little bit of faith in her condition. And I want to tell you today, I don't know what's going on on the inside. And I don't know what pressures you have from the outside. But I've come to release a sound to let you know that there is a Jesus that sees you in your condition. A Jesus that can heal you in your condition. A Jesus that will touch you. A Jesus that has a power to transform you. There is a Jesus who loves you and is available. He's not dead. He's risen. He's full of love. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He's full of power. And he's available to you today. Come on, I feel faith rising. Well, she heard, but then the next intentional part is this. She came. She came. She came. See, what she did is she pressed past her labels. Anybody ever get labeled? Oh, he's the guy that cheated on his wife. Oh, she's the one that was addicted to drugs. Oh, he's the one that was into pornography. He's that one. She's that one. And here's what happens. People put labels on you that God never put there. Matter of fact, when Jesus shows up, he comes to remove every label. Listen, I don't know uh, why the Bible writers labeled the categories of these chapters the way they, they did, but most of the time they labeled them for the problems instead of the result. And here it should have said, the woman who was miraculously healed instead of the woman with the issue of blood. She was miraculously touched. And here's what I, I want to say to you today. That if you will press past the labels that have been placed on you from your past. And you will say, listen, there, if there's a savior, I'm going to come to him. If there's a miracle worker, I'm going to walk and get close. I'm going to press past the labels. You see, she had a label that was unclean. Unclean. That meant this, that if she was going to press past the label of unclean, 
She, she had tried this before, by the way. She had to come out just to get her normal stuff done. I need some food. I need, I need some supplies. And so what she would do is she, she'd put on the clean clothes. And she would cover up and put bandages. And then she would go to get her food and she would go to get her supplies but only for a short time because what was on the outside could only cover what was going on inside for a short time but when she came that day she said I'm just I'm 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 going to press past this level of unclean I'm going to press past it, and I am going to get to the one that can make me clean. That's the beauty. See, the law, the law said this, that if you were unclean and you touched anyone else, they too would become unclean. Ah, oh, but here's the revelation of the New Testament. That when you come to Jesus unclean and touch him, the clean that is on him becomes your clean. We, if you touch Jesus, if you receive Jesus, you receive a righteousness that's not your own. It belongs to him. And that which is unclean becomes clean by the mercy and grace of God. I don't know what you're carrying today, but you need to learn some lessons. When you hear and we see her come, she not only pressed past the label, she had to press past the crowd. If you read all of Mark 5, you find out why the crowd was there. Because there was an extremely popular man from the synagogue right there. Probably the synagogue in Capernaum. I actually was standing in it just a few days ago. It's the, it's the synagogue where Jesus healed everyone. It's right, it's, it's steps away from where Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And this, this ruler of the synagogue, he comes and he says, my daughter, who is 12 years old, she's been alive as long as this woman's been bleeding, is now almost to the point of death. Jairus says, Jesus, will you come lay hands on her and heal her? And Jesus says, I'll come. I'll come. And the crowd hears Jairus got the, the, the miracle working rabbi to come. And he's coming to his house. So the crowd is just going to see a miracle. The crowd is just going to see the miracle. Jairus is like in need of a miracle for his daughter. And this is the place where she decided, I have to press past the the crowd at risk of of them becoming unclean i've got to push them out of the way why why did she have to do that because james tells us thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead if you get stirred in your heart that there is a Jesus that can save and heal and rescue and you don't act on it, you stay in the same dead place. This woman who was bleeding, this woman who was isolated and broken and cut off from relationship and cut off from fellowship, this woman said, I have got to break out of this cycle. 
I'm believing, and now my belief has got to move me to action. She came. And her miracle happened when she moved. Confirming the word. It says this. When you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. By the way, by the way, I, 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 want, I want to be clear. We're not saved by our works. He did all of that work. Only he could do it on the cross. He paid a price we couldn't pay so we could receive a gift we could never earn. That free gift of eternal life through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you that sometimes you are so sin sick and so worn down that you need to hear about Jesus and pursue him. Even when it feels like he's going in another direction. Because he's going to a 12-year-old girl. I don't know if you've ever been there. You feel like you're going one direction and God's going another and you're in need. I just got news for you. It doesn't matter how you feel. Just come. Press past the labels. Press past the crowd. You can say, hey, if he, he goes, you guys can go watch a miracle. I'm coming to get one. I'm coming to receive one. So she heard, she came, and then she touched. Now Jesus, dressed in traditional Jewish garment, would have not only been uh, wearing his undergarment, which is on the outside, but he would have been wearing a tallit. It's like a prayer shawl. It would have on the four, corner, four corners tassels. Some scholars believe that it, those tassels in that day would have been made of the 600 uh, 613 strings connecting to the 613 laws that God had given in his word to obey. Also within it would be a violet thread, a violet thread, uh, symbolic of authority and power to access uh, a life uh, the power to live out those commandments. And he said, when you would see those corners, you would remind it, be reminded that it was the Lord that had commanded you. This is Deuteronomy and uh, Numbers 15, Deuteronomy 22, I believe it is. And, and, and you can find it there. You will find that those tassels were reminders of the word of God and the possibility of its influence on your life. And I love this. She touched it. But touch is such a, such a different word. Touch um, kind of denotes being a little delicate. Just barely coming into contact. And that could be. But the first definition and most literal definition of this word, touched, it means this, to lay hold. It means to lay hold. It means to grip. It means I am going to get in contact and not let go. And not let go. It literally is translated to fasten oneself to. That's what this word touch means. She said, I'm going to press past my labels. I'm going to press past my crowd. And I know that if I only fasten myself to him, 
I'll be made whole. Come on. Some of us got a, a Velcro approach to Christianity. Come on, you know what that means. I'll stay attached for a little while till it gets fuzzy and a little uncomfortable. Then I'm just going to fall away. I'm telling you, we need to get this back in our spirit from this woman. I'm going to lay hold. I'm going to fasten myself to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. No matter how I feel, no matter what's going on on the inside, no matter what's attacking me from the outside, I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to lay hold of the word of God and it will produce in me what he desires it to produce. I believe this is why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. That's good. I press on to lay hold. Some of you are here today. I just want to encourage you to press on. I want you to press on. Some of you have been suffering and laboring. Maybe you are a son or a daughter here today and you already know Christ, but you got some things that are going on. You, 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 you need a wife to be saved. You need a husband to be saved. You're believing God for your kids to come back to the Lord. Here's my word to you today. It's time to press on. It's time to press on and press in and lay hold of Jesus and fasten yourself to him. Don't forget that this woman tried everything else. She tried the doctors, and it didn't work. Anybody ever been there before? You go to the doctor, pay all this money for insurance, and their answer is this. We have no answer for you. I appreciate that. Can I have a refund? Oh, that's not how this works. Oh, I read about that in Mark 5. About this woman who spent all she had, and she was worse I want to just say to you, lots of us have been going to the doctors that the world says that we should go to. And they'll say, you know, come on, if we just will legalize marijuana, everybody is just going to chill out. And we can deal with the anxiety and we can deal with, with the, the, the depression. And all they need to do is get high. And they propagate a lie and totally missing the scriptures that God has called us to a life of sobriety and sober thinking and a mind that's alive to him and not numb to feeling. He wants you to be alive to feel him. And so the world says, try this, try that, try this, try that. And what, what do we do? What, do we, what happens? We're left worse. We're left worse. She laid hold of him. The one thing you've got to come away with today is this. Her touch was transformational. It was a transforming touch. Notice how she did it. She came up from behind. She came up from behind. You remember the crowd, they're going to see the rabbi work a miracle. They're just going to watch. She doesn't want to watch. The crowd, 
says, I'm having a pretty good day. This will be kind of neat to watch. Man, I, I haven't seen a miracle. I'm going to see a miracle. For them, what they were doing that day, it was an option. For the woman with an issue of blood, there was no option. Jesus was her only option. And I'm telling you, even if you're the only one that gets touched by Jesus, dare to push people out of the way who they say, I have options. I just want to see. There ought to be some people rising up in this hour that says, I don't want to just see it. I want to experience him. I want to experience him. I want to lay hold of him. So everything that's in him lays hold of everything that's in me that he didn't put there. She was transformed. She knew that when she laid hold of him, verse 29 says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Anybody remember your immediately moment when everything changed? I remember my immediately moment because it happened over a bowl of five-way chili and a Bob Evans. I'm telling you, you say, what does that mean? It means that when somebody you don't know says, sir, what's your name? And I'm wandering back and forth in a lukewarm state. This girl says, what's your name? I said, my name is Otis. She says, this is what the Lord says. You are lukewarm and he's about to spit you out of his mouth. You have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Choose this day whom you'll serve. I bless you with that seeker-sensitive movement. The truth be told is that just moments before I was thinking, ah, oh, man, I've been doing this church thing for just a couple weeks. You know, maybe I can just go back to what I was doing before. When she released that word, the power of God fell on me. The food came, but it never got ate. I was trembling and weeping in a Bob Evans. You ought to be grateful you get to do yours in church. You ought to be grateful if your transformation happens around a bunch of other people who know God. Mine happened in front of a waitress going, what is wrong with him? So I don't know. He's crying and shaking, but he tips well. I just want to tell you today. You can have an immediately moment where the fountain of blood will dry up in your life. When the blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins come and redeems you and touches you and cleanses you and makes you new, you will experience a moment where everything that has been weighing you down and keeping you in isolation and keeping you apart from fellowship with the body of Christ and keeping you apart of joining in this joyous chorus that now is beginning to resound around the world. Two billion plus people uh, calling out to Christ, calling out to God in the name of Jesus, you are going to experience today, immediately, the flood of, blow, uh, of, of blood is about to end. She knew it. All the disciples say, why, why are you asking who touched you? 
Because they had no idea that a miracle had taken place. Can I just say this to you? Don't be the disciples that don't know that miracles are taking place. Don't be those people who are just in it for the show. Be the ones that are there with Jesus. Who is standing there when power goes out. And touches and changes a woman that possibly you labeled. Don't get upset when your neighbor that's been offending you and messing with you. Jacking up your lawn with their lawnmower. That one that bothers you, plays music too loud. That one that's always doing something that's violating the code of the neighborhood that you live in. Wait till they get saved. What are you going to say then? What do you mean you got touched by God? Huh? What do you mean? Here's, here's what you need to be. You need to be the disciple that's aware of the ones that God wants to touch. And here's the thing. If you came here today and you're in need of a touch from God, there is a God who's available. His name is Jesus. And I love what Jesus says. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go in peace. You know what that means? The war's over. The war's over. The enmity between you and God, the thing that separated you, it's over. Your faith has made you well. I love this. She it says this, and be healed of your affliction. That word affliction actually means scourging, a painful scourging. He's like, the day of the pain connected to what is going on inside of you is over because a healer has come. I believe today in this place, God not, doesn't want you to just memorize the scripture. He wants to give you revelation of this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and we'll close with this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Come on, who wants all things to become new in their life? All things to become new. I want you to bow your heads today.